even if you don't speak the language of the community that you're in, I mean, you can still go to a gym and sport, I think, is a universal language. Greetings, everyone. The pod class is now officially in session, and we're your hosts, Matt and Carly. And welcome to our series, School Sport for All, a series looking at the importance of school sport for people from a variety of backgrounds. Each episode, we speak with different guests to understand the impact of school sport from their unique perspectives. Today, we are joined by Imani and Naj to talk about movement as language. Naj is a former Langara College basketball standout. She has played in various national and international Indigenous basketball tournaments. Imani has played five years of volleyball for Cary High School on Vancouver Island. She's been awarded the Premier's Award for Indigenous Youth Excellent in Sport. She's currently attending the National Excellence Program Centralized Camp at the Olympic Oval in Richmond, BC. She recently signed with the University of Washington in Seattle and will be suiting up with the Huskies in the fall. Before we get going today, we both would like to acknowledge the land that we're sitting on today and speaking to you from. So in the spirit of respect, reciprocity, and truth, we honor and acknowledge Mokinstis and the traditional Treaty 7 territory and oral practices of the Blackfoot Confederacy, including Siksika, Kainai, Kani, Pagan, as well as the Stony Nakoda and Sutina nations. We acknowledge that this territory is home to the Métis Nation of Alberta Region 3. And we also would like to acknowledge all the other cultures that are coming to us today from different backgrounds across the world. We recognize that this is a podcast based on diversity and culture, and so we acknowledge all the multiple cultures coming and listening today. And I'd like to acknowledge with gratitude that the land in which I'm learning and sharing today is the unceded territories of the Squamish, Musqueam, and Tsleil-Waututh nations. I'd like to pay my respect to their elders, past and present. And I'd also like to extend that respect to all Indigenous people that may be listening here along with us today. Do you guys even just introduce your name real quick, the sport that you played, something fun about yourself? Well, I'm Nagelin Cliff. I'm a Wewakum band member from Campbell River. I played basketball for three years at Langara College in Vancouver and then went on to play in various tournaments throughout the U.S. and in Canada. Uh, They were native organized uh, tournaments and now my main interest is going to my daughter Imani's games and tournaments and supporting her. Um, Hi, I'm Imani Bush. I'm also a member of the We Become First Nation. And I've been playing on the Canadian Junior National Team for the past two years, playing volleyball. And now I'm going to be heading to the University of Washington to play there as well. Wow, fun. We're really excited. I think it'd be a great place to start, Carly, with your question around sport first involvement and, and memory. So why don't, why don't you ask that one? Yeah, absolutely. I just wanted to know your first memory of sport and how it all began for you. Well, uh, for me, it was my older cousin. She, we both played at the same high school and she, I think I was in grade 10 at the time and she approached me and she's like, okay, so you're tall. You're either going to go into modeling or you're going to go into basketball. So choose one. So like, uh, okay, uh, basketball. That's when I first decided that that was the route I wanted to take. And she was playing with a, a ladies team, kind of doing the same thing that I did, which was, you know, traveling all over Canada and the U.S. playing in various tournaments. And so 
I was the new kid on the block, the young one, and went to a few tournaments and really liked it. Kind of got beat up because it's not like college or basketball that you see mainstream. Like it can be pretty brutal. No blood, no foul. Um, and so that's where that was my first experience and then really got to love the sport and sort of playing high school and was successful with that. Uh, I think I don't know. I can't remember how I got into dance, but I remember I was sitting in dance class and my a couple of my friends had already been playing volleyball. And I remember the entire class, they were just trying to convince me to go out to this club volleyball practice or like tryout thing. Remember they were telling me they're just like, come on, come on. I didn't want anything to do with that type of sport. Like the, I thought dance was my thing. Anyways, I went there and I just, I loved it, obviously. And thing is, I didn't really love it, love it until I realized I was good at it. And what was it that attracted you to the sport? Like, what was it that made you fall in love with it? Probably the fact that all my friends played it. Like, I, I really couldn't escape it once I chose to be friends with them. It's like they were just all so obsessed with the volleyball, volleyball, new knee pads, socks, like doing all of that stuff. So just being friends with them, they were just like drew me in. And then once I started playing and we all had that, like we could share together, just kind of kept me in it. And then I just fell in love with the sport just as I got older. What age was that when you first started with kind of with that friend group and volleyball and getting excited about everything? Grade seven. Grade seven. Wow. 13. Yeah. I think I was 13 or 12 or something. It's really cool to hear that because I think, you know, parents coming in looking at their kids in middle school, just that social connection, right? Of like coming in and there's an immediate opportunity to connect in over this thing called sport yeah as as I moved around to different places that's the the one thing that I always did I found out where people went to play basketball and joined in there and I think you know even if even if you don't speak the language of the community that you're in you know you can still go to a gym and sport I think is a universal language you know that you're going to shoot or you know how to hit the hit the ball it's all it's all the same you know and so getting to meet people in a place that i knew no one else other than my daughter or you know the one friend that i had it allowed me to make more friends and you know meet people outside of that circle mm. Naj, i'm curious when you when you're sharing that story is there is, are you talking about a specific community like even your home community or what what comes to mind in a specific example of that? When uh, Imani was, I think she was, she was under two. We had moved to Luxembourg. Her dad was playing basketball there. And so I knew no one other than Imani and her dad. And so when we lived in a small apartment and I went out and played basketball with some of the women there, there, it was a lot different than here. They had, you know, their professional team or semi-pro teams there and so I just went out and played and you know got to meet people that way it's that instant like unspoken connection you're right like you're saying that common language that we can all share together that's amazing to be able to move across the country and and not know the language and not know anyone and to be able to connect instantly with other people yep 
Yeah, it's it's pretty cool. Hey, I remember you know playing and in uh, even traveling in Turkey and coming across like a, a basketball court and going to play basketball and you don't understand the language that's being spoken, but you know you understand a backdoor cut or something, right? Like you understand a ball screen, and it's it's pretty interesting to like you almost have a conversation through the language of movement. Like it's it's a special thing. Imani, I'm curious, maybe going back to what you were talking about with initially grade seven, you go in, you're connecting with those girls, this piece on like movement and language. How did that develop through middle school? Like where did those relationships go? Like, what was that like? Well, I'm still friends with all the girls that originally brought me into volleyball. Wow. We're still really good friends moving on. Like we'll be separating for university, but we're all still really good friends. And I think after that first year of grade seven, I moved into grade eight and I got pulled up to like the senior team at our high school. So that was initially like I had a bunch of like older sisters looking out for me. They're all in grade 12. Mm. And I still talk to a lot of them also. They're just like, we'll reach out and say congrats. That's kind of where it moved to there. But yeah, I'm still friends with everyone that originally brought me in. It's so interesting how you can not see someone for a while too. Like you're saying some of those girls that have been out of high school for a couple of years that you still feel connected with. Like I feel the same way with your mom. Like I ha- hadn't seen your mom in a really long time and I saw her at Langara when she was pregnant with you and we instantly, it's like we'd never lost that connection just through, you know, playing together for a couple of years. You just spend so much time together, you know, you're spending three to four hours a day with these people and it's just such a special connection. I just, I love it. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. I'm curious if like, do you, have you guys felt that same thing in any other area of life? That instant kind of connection with long lost sport companions? I, I mean, I have, I've got, you know, all my best friends I've met through basketball. You know, we haven't, yeah we haven't seen each other probably at least since july 2019 um you know and with the pandemic and stuff like that it just made it even more difficult but it once we see each other you know we'll meet up for vacation or go and spend the the weekend with but it'll be like we didn't even skip a beat Mm -hmm. it's it can you can be you can spend multiple years away from someone and you still have that connection and i think social media helps that a lot too like carly was saying you know she followed amani growing up she hadn't seen her in uh-huh. 16 17 years but through social media was able to follow what was going on and you know and now that we've connected again it's even more more so that that, that connection is is even stronger mm-hmm. and i guess where i was going with that is like like what is it about sport that enables that you know what I mean? And and Carly, you maybe alluded to it, or your thoughts already, but like, what is it a, about sport that kind of, I, I don't know, like that ease of connection, you know, like it creates that ease of connection. I think it's, it's the time and, you know, the, the bonds and the, you know, memories that you share with those people. I think it's deeper than just attending a class together. Mm. You're on the court together. You're doing your recovery together. You're eating meals together. You're, you know, sharing your frustrations, you're traveling together, you're spending all this time on buses and in the hotel rooms and stuff like that, just sharing 
I wouldn't say it's it's scripted or motivated, but you're sharing your life stories with these people and they understand you and they more, I think um, there's more empathy mm-hmm. and understanding with your, with your teammates. Well, and you're put in so many, like you were saying, challenging situations. You're not like, you know, when you're playing basketball, you're not always winning. Um, you could be losing, you could be doing something that you're not supposed to be doing on the court and being reamed out by your coach. But it's that constant, like you're trying to support each other and grow together that I think builds that connection. Yeah, it's so true. And as when you were talking there, it made me think even about uh, like, you know, sharing frustrations and tensions and things like that. And even, even injuries like it, you know, you, you, whether it's high school, middle school, high school or, or college or even professional sport, you go through, these injuries with other people and you go from almost you could be an all-star and then you're injured and you're you're on the bench you know what I mean like it's and then you have the 12 or 15 other brothers or kind of sisters or teammates that almost pick you up in that like there's there's such a large span of like emotional I guess you know range or spectrum that I feel like you go through in the sporting world that that's kind of unique to other areas you know you don't do that in the office you don't do that in Mm. you're not gonna break your foot or your dislocated finger typing or writing you know in a classroom like (laughs) (laughs) Imani went through that going into I think it was playoff when you sprained your ankle yeah it was three years ago provincials we were doing really well like underdogs came out of nowhere and we were getting ready to play in the provincial final and I was basically falling apart like my ankle sprain my shoulder is like something's like strained or torn or something was happening and I had all these patches all over my shoulder to like basically keep it together but I just remember my teammates like would not Mm. there's no way they were letting me fail in like that game they were doing like everything they could to lift me up and asking like every other point if I was doing okay and just I guess I didn't really like realize until like after looking back on it like how much support they gave me without even like thinking twice about it and you were were you actually playing through this injury or were you on the bench and they're supporting you no I was playing through it wow so they're just like right beside you every step of the way and then stepping up their own game because they knew you weren't at a hundred percent yeah wow that's really cool if we like zoom into that moment Imani like so you're injured your body's falling apart your teammates are picking you up what like what skills or even values do you think are kind of learned in that moment or or do you think are are brought out of that moment like if you go back and see what kind of values and skills in yourself even in your teammates up until then like I was in grade 10 like I'm still like a junior technically at this school so I didn't really understand my role as like a leader on this team and I never thought of myself as that but going into that I saw like I think it was like the first set I'm not having it like I feel awful and no they're like trying to pick me up but it's like a lot of the time like before that they're just like relying on me like I'm there to do that so after that I just realized I gotta get it together for like everyone else also so I think that made me realize and understand like my role as a leader which I could use on and off the court Mm. in all aspects 
So would you have considered yourself like a natural leader prior to that? Or do you feel like that kind of moment in your volleyball career kind of pushed you into that leadership role more and learned or taught you to kind of step out of your comfort zone? I think that probably pushed me too. Because before I'm just like, I was just, I've always been like the youngest on the team. So like, I mean, I'm not really forced to lead anything. I'm just there to just play and do my own thing. But in that moment, I had to step up and that really taught me I could be a leader on whatever team I go to. What an authentic experience, just, you know, it naturally happening for you like that and pushing you into that role. That's really cool. No, I'm curious if there's been moments, kind of if you look back into your sports career and journey as well, can you pick out any key moments where you were almost kind of called to a higher, almost leadership role or how does that resonate with you? No, I don't think that there was times when I was called to be a leader. I think I was just a natural leader. Like I don't, I was never one to be like, I'm the captain and you'll, you know what I mean? Like that kind of, <laughs> that kind of role. And I think, you know, Imani's the same way in a lot of ways. She doesn't need to be targeted or labeled as the leader. I think it just naturally happens organically. Like, you know, people just respect what she has to say and mm-hmm. follows what she does whether that's you know the, through hard work and the, the studies and doing that kind of stuff people just kind of follow along in, in those ways I mean I, right. I don't think that I was necessarily as focused on school as she was but you know maybe Carly can talk to that because I don't I don't recall being a leader I was just gonna say like I remember very well I wouldn't say you were the most vocal leader. You were just one of the ones that was like, I'm going to lead by example. So I'm going to work really hard. If there's a ball on the ground, you were the first one falling down to the ground, trying to get on that ball. That's one thing I just, I really admired so much about you. You're like, I'm going to show you how to be a leader, not necessarily through my words, but my actions. How has sport led you to be more confident in yourself and how you kind of lead your own life that definitely you know makes you more confident in your ability to handle tougher situations or situations that you're not necessarily comfortable in right because you're going to make mistakes you make mistakes on the court you're going to make mistakes in life and how how are you able to put those in the past and keep moving forward so you're not constantly dwelling on the mistakes that you've made In, in terms of like leadership I've never been one to really like public speaking and stuff like that. Right. But I do things in the in the background and you know it makes me I think it makes me more confident in myself mm-hmm. to, you know, meet deadlines and accountability and that kind of stuff. I think, you know, through sport working with working with other people. Those kind of skills I think it it really helps with. Yeah, it's interesting how when we think of leadership it, it almost sets this certain, you know, bar or standard, right? Where that means like the person that's set out front, that's whether that's a coach or, or someone that's talking or speaking or taking the crowds where I think you touched on something there that that's quite unique where, which I would also see as leadership, right? That confidence and that diligence and that almost like slow and steady consistency, you know, and how sport kind of in, enhances that. Imani, I know you were talking about this last time with how sport has created confidence in yourself as well as a young teenager, like in through high school. 
Yeah, it's definitely like, I think kids nowadays are struggling, like addressing tough situations, things like job interviews, where I don't know how to kind of like losing those sort of skills. But mm-hmm. sport, like since I started, I knew my mom wasn't going to do it for me. So like talking to coaches, basically standing up for myself and like what I think has come along through sport and I've had to do it since I basically started. So like now in life, I can talk to people pretty easily. I can go out in public and if I have to talk to someone, it's fine. Job interviews, just stuff like that. Skills I've picked up from sport in a way that makes me so I'm more confident in myself. And have to address tough or like uncomfortable situations. It's made it pretty easy. Yeah, you really learn to advocate for yourself. You know, whether you're you're in, like you said, a job interview or you're out on the court or even giving a presentation for a project. You just you learn to just be more confident in yourself and know that, you know, you believe in yourself. Like I can do this. I can do anything. I could be faced with all these difficult situations, but I've been in these situations before and I know I can overcome them. Yeah. Hmm. Can any of you guys think of a time where you were almost like put in an uncomfortable situation that required you to advocate for yourself or, you know, stand up differently where you had to really lean on those skills? Yeah. Through sport, I've like, in the place where I am now, it feels like at times there's a lot of eyes on me, just like watching basically everything I do. Mm. So I've had to learn how to kind of navigate through like teenage social life parties and like Mm. what my friends want to do. But to tie back to the self-advocacy, it's like a lot of times with my friends, I'm caught having to like explain my situation and explain why I can or can't do things Mm -hmm. which is tough when you go to talk to like kids your age that maybe like they don't fully understand where that's coming from or how that kind of affects you but through that I think I've had to do it like so much where it just feels second nature to me and basically as I've learned that through sport to like the program where I'm at now I like if you have an injury if you're not feeling well If you don't tell someone yourself, no one's going to do it for you. So like if you're not feeling 100%, if you have questions or anything like that, you better go tell them yourself. So yeah, yeah, I guess I've learned that anytime I have a problem with something or if I have a tough like situation with my friends, I have no problem telling them, explaining to them where I am and what I can and can't do. It's like you learn this ability to really communicate openly and honestly. Yeah. Because like you're saying, if it's in regards to a practice, you have to be honest about the situation, like my body physically can't do this. And I think having the ability to communicate like that is such an advantage as you get older, when you're put into workplace scenarios, just being a good communicator is such an important skill to have, even with your teammates, you know, you think that atmosphere uh, in a team setting, you know, can carry on into career setting, being able to communicate with the people you work with. It's just, it makes for a more open and friendly environment. Yeah. Yeah. I love that thread of uh, communication, like self-advocacy and understanding your needs and understanding what that is on any given day, understanding your body. I, I ran into a guy I used to play with at U of C and he's a teacher now in Lethbridge. And he was saying, you know, it's such an interesting 
place to be like, you know, post basketball or post sport where you're so in tune with your body, like physically, you're so in tune with your body, but also emotionally, right? Like you, I, I feel like when you're at the peak performance of your, you know, career of your sport, you just understand yourself, you know, do you know what I'm saying? Like, you're just quite in tune with, with where you're at physically, yes, but also emotionally. Yeah, I find that at the program at now, like training full time is really tough. And there's some days where you're just not having it like you would rather be anywhere but practice. But Mm -hmm. with the communication, like I'm able to know with myself, like today is not my day. I'm able to like go tell my coach or go tell one of my friends so they can kind of reel me back into what we're trying to do there. So, yeah. Oh, that's interesting. I'm wondering kind of building on that topic of communication and even self-advocacy, emotional awareness, what's that like for both of you guys? Like your mother and daughter, you obviously, I know you don't live together full-time because you're off playing everywhere, Imani, but what's that like in your own relationship? Very vocal. (laughs) (laughs) Just this week, for example, you know, Imani was, she wants to be back there. She wants to be back training. You know, with the outbreak in Vancouver, they've given this week optional. So there's not going to be as many girls on the court. And, you know, certain, they, I think they have to figure out what their, what the program's going to look like for the next month. And so they've given this week optional and Monty's back's been bothering her. So I said, you know, maybe it's a time that you come home, you know, get ahead on your studies, let your back rest, let's get you into treatment and you can go back fresh and feeling better. At first she was like, no, I want to go play. That's why I'm in the program. I want to go training and I can do all this during the day and it'll be fine. All right, Imani, you go ahead and do what you got to do. You're the doctor and you know best. So she, as nicely as she could say, she was stressed out, but she sent me a text message and she said, can you not be mad at me? I'm really stressed right now. Kind of, I don't need this right now. I don't need to hear all this. Yeah. So I just said, okay. But my okay really wasn't just okay. No, it wasn't an okay. (laughs) (laughs) That's what I said. And so I just left it alone. And then she came back. I think she kind of cooled off and gave some thought to it. And she came back a couple hours later and said that, she would like to come home and do the treatment and come back refreshed the fall in next week. So yeah, the communication does get a little stressed, but you know, I think she understands that I have her best interest um, at heart. And sometimes she listens to me, but sometimes she knows best. Imani, what was that like for you kind of going through that and, and navigating that whole emotional tension? The most stressful like thing as an athlete is to hear like an optional practice or like an optional whatever especially when you're at like a high performing like team or something like that like the word optional it seems like it's a test almost Mm -hmm. totally it's a trick question (laughs) yeah so I was like there's no way like I'm gonna go home and have her think that like I don't want to train or anything so at first I was like no there's there's no way I'm going home Mm. absolutely no way then I was thinking about it. I actually went and talked to her. I was like, this whole optional thing, like, can't, why can't it just be yes or no? But she was like, it really is optional. Like, it's, if you want to go home, go home. Like, there's no, it's going to be two sessions of practice. Like, 
there's not going to be major gains brought during this, but I just, that whole thing of communication, like I had to go to her and I had to be like, this thing is stressing me out. I can't decide what I'm supposed to do here. But going through that, it was a lot of like complete mind switches. Like at first I was so dead set on, you know, my body will survive through this next month. I can train for an extra week and Then after I was like, you know what, actually I want to be home and I want to be taking like this rest to get back to 100% and then I'd basically every hour I was just switching back and forth but I don't think I would have been able to make a decision without talking to my mom and talking to my coach and be able to share like how I was feeling through that. But It sounds to me like neither your mom nor your coach really gave you the answer. They forced you into figuring out what was best for you for the most part. I think there was a few nudges here and there. But just talking to your coach is interesting. Like she basically forced you to make the decision and to kind of, again, reflect on how you're feeling and what would be best for you. Is Am I right there? Yeah, she kind of like took that worry away. Like I think, oh gosh, she's gonna think I'm not here to like play if I don't go to this optional practice. Like she's, the word she told me is no one's gonna get better than you or get much better in two seconds. Yeah, yeah. I'd rather you come back for the last four weeks and be 100% just firing on all cylinders than to push yourself through these two hours of practice for no reason. So that just took my kind of worry away about missing those. Hmm. It, it's so interesting. I love that that point even you know, that tension of self-advocacy, figuring out what is best, but then is is almost at odds with that, I think, the desire to, the, there's so many values there, right? Like, to integrity, right? Like, to kind of live up and be the best you can be and work ethic in the moment, in the practice. And then it's, for me, I remember the big thing with that tension was always like, but everyone else is going to be there you know, like that loyalty aspect almost, if everyone else is going to be there, well, then I need to be there, you know? So I I love that optional. What do you mean optional? Like, but it's not optional. Like, cause if we're all in this together, it doesn't really feel like it's optional. So it's, that's such an interesting point. I hear you. It's kind of like when mom says, do what you want to do. Right. (laughs) Do what you want to do. Yeah. Do what you want, Imani. Do what you want. It's like, ah, shoot, I really do have to clean my room. Right. (laughs) But as soon as you came into that position where you were in a tough situation to make a decision, it's interesting the two people you go to, you go to your mother, you go to your coach. And I just wanted to kind of touch on that a little bit is the like mentorship you feel from your mom or your coach, like who are some of and both of you can speak to this, like, if you talk about some of the coaches you had throughout your career, and I know your career is just beginning, Imani, but who do you think impacted you the most and what kind of impression did they leave with you? Right now, I think would probably be my coach at this program. It's so much more than volleyball. Like she's teaching us how to be high performing like people and like basically trying to teach us how to be like professional athletes and do that sort of thing. So it's so many more lessons than just volleyball. She's teaching us how to balance studies, how to advocate for yourself, how to know when you're feeling great, when you're not, how to know when you're like, you should be pushing yourself, you should be getting after practice. And so much of that just in the last three months has taught me so, so much. Like I think myself probably like a year ago, I hear optional practice and I'm like ready to go and relax and 
sit at home. But mm. yeah, and from the start of my volleyball career, there's been this coach, Jesse, and he's helped me through everything from navigating, recruiting to getting after me when I'm, he knows I'm not doing my best. And it's taught me so, so much. He also helped with asking her what she wanted. You know, where does she see her, what's her plan, you know, as far as does she want to play at what level? Because he knew what level she could play at, but is community college what she wants to do? Or, you know, what are her goals as, you know, a player and a person and pushing her to that and knowing where and what she should be practicing. Mm-hmm. For me, I think my mentor, my, you know, the person that I looked up to was my high school coach. Uh, Anne Gillery Carr. I think she's still, she was a principal. She went on to be a principal in Richmond, um, but she had coached for years at Steveston and she really taught hard work and unity. And, you know, she wasn't the kindest when we were messing around on the court or we weren't doing what she, what she wanted to do, but it was one team. So if one person was messing up or one person wasn't working hard, the whole team paid for it. And so, you know, through that, there was, you know, the accountability part, the trust in each other. If practice was starting at four o'clock, well, then you should probably be there earlier to prepare yourself. And all that kind of stuff is what she taught. And then there was the basketball piece. She was an amazing communicator. You know, she taught us A, B, and C on how to do things. She was more than just a coach teaching basketball. And I think, you know, Amani feels the same way with her coach. There's so much more that these coaches are doing. They're teaching you skills that you can take, you know, into your everyday life. Mm -hmm. 100%. You know, that last statement of these coaches are teaching you things that are, it's not just basketball, it's not just volleyball, it's not just sport. They are skills and values that stay with you to the rest of life. And picking up almost where we started with talking about your guys' home and, and your nation and but I'm curious what that mentorship journey or even like cultural understanding journey has been for you now learning about your your culture. Yeah, I think like the cultural teachings, you know, respect is really big. And I think, you know, that kind of goes across any, you know, any culture. You respect and you, you know, the golden rule, you treat others how you want to be treated. Um, community. Those are things that we have in common through sport, you know, like, yeah, we're a small community, but we also care about each other. We also have our differences, but there's that common understanding that, you know, we take care of our own, you know, and we we show each other respect. Mm -hmm. And, you know, through sport, I think those are, you know, some common things that you can bring from our upbringing to and, you know, foster that through sport as well. I often remember you speaking about your indigenous community and how you would go play at these different tournaments and I always got the sense that you're very connected to your community but how do you think sport has heightened that connection for you in your community? Uh, Well my community wasn't so much basketball there was you know a few we had a few basketball players but soccer was really big here. Money played for for a local soccer team or our nation soccer team when she was younger but I think knowing that we have athletes that are on a high performance pathway or you know are successful through sport our community does support those athletes and you know whether it's cheering them on through Facebook or watching through Facebook or you know just saying congratulations you know when they when they see you out I didn't live in our, in my community when I was younger so 
I didn't get to feel that, but Imani feels that. There's always stuff in the newsletter. And, you know, as a community, I think they celebrate the success. When she was, I think she was 14, 15, we played in the Indigenous Games. So she played um, in the Indigenous Games in Toronto. And yeah. I think there was about four or five athletes from our community that also participated. And, you know, the community held a dinner for them and praised them at this dinner. And, and it was it was nice to see and the families may not always get along but we do come together and we do celebrate those success of the youth that you know are representing us as a whole you know because a lot of the articles that Imani has that are in the newspaper or you know she's Imani Bush but she's also a member of the We Become First Nation so she's also representing herself her family and her community wherever she goes now wow Imani, what's that like for you? Like, I, I love listening to you talk about the support that you feel with your teammates. Like, you talked about that in grade seven. You talked about that now with an elite national team program. What's that like having almost that support at home with We Will Come? It's awesome. Like, last night we were out for dinner celebrating um, my signing. And two different people, like, came up to my table. They were just like, congrats. Like, both all members from We Will Come. But just, like knowing that I have a community behind me that like supports what I'm doing and like keep up with what I'm doing and are really like happy for me and like celebrating my successes just feels like so nice like there's always that piece to fall back on type of thing I always know like if I do this or do that I'll come back home and my community will be so like happy for me and proud of me with whatever I could do I'm sure I could get dead last at something and someone will be like hey good job (laughs) it's like your extended team you know you think when you're playing on a team and there's 12 players and everyone's got your back and say you know you win an award everyone's so happy for you it sounds like your we become nation is like your extended team everyone's so proud of what you're doing and what you know your your next adventure at UW yeah it's that it extended sense of self almost yeah it does go bigger than just our community there's this facebook group it's called ndn sports and they posted on there and i think there was like 70 shares there was 600 shares oh 600 shares. <laughs> <laughs> she's like 600 mom get it right <laughs> there are other first nations or you know american indians that don't know her but or cheering her on just because she's First Nations. Wow. And there's that common connection. You know, there was, I don't, Carly, I don't know if you guys have heard of the Schimmel sisters. So mm-hmm. there's Shoni Schimmel, and uh, I can't remember what her sister's name was, but they both played at Louisville and they made it to the final four. But there was like Indians that would come in or First Nation people that would come and watch their games and want pictures with them. And the connection was that maybe their daughter played basketball and they wanted to see these girls that were, you know, role models and stuff like that. And I don't think that's going to be any different for Imani. Mm -hmm. You know, when she travels for her volleyball, that there'll be young girls that are coming that, you know, they might come from small reservations down in California or Oregon that want to come and meet this tall girl that they have the only thing that they have in common are that volleyball and they're and they're both first nations or american indian you know and so they want to come and be like her and have goals like her and that kind of stuff and so i think that will be 
what she's going to experience once she starts traveling university. That's really cool that through your, you know, your culture and your background, these young girls think of you as a role model and that you can be a role model for them. I think that's so special. I remember going to watch, you know, Michelle Henry play when she played. I don't know if you remember her now. She played for SFU and just having someone to look up to and watching them succeed at a sport that you love so much. uh, It was just special. It was so special. Anytime I got a chance to go watch those games, I was so excited. So I think that's going to be really neat for you, Imani, to be in those situations for all these, you know, all these kids are looking up to you. But again, it puts that, you know, like you, you commented before about how you feel all eyes are on you. I guess it puts a little bit of pressure on you too, right? You want to make sure that you're making good decisions in the community when you're out with your friends, just because all these kids are looking up to you. Yeah, for sure. A lot of like pressure on me at some times, but at the end of the day, I like, I, I love it. So it's all worth it. It's a good type of pressure to have. (laughs) Yeah. It's now I love what you were saying. I even get kind of like shivers and goosebumps when you talk about that when I was living in talking about like that almost the inspiration you know that that does not just to your own first nation but to indigenous people from from all over right North America Canada America when I was playing um, or I was was studying in Israel and the world lacrosse championship was in a in a town a city in Israel and so I went and and the team that Everybody wanted to go watch. There were two teams, the Mohawk Nation and, and then the Maori team from New Zealand. And it was a fascinating experience where that's what everybody was talking about is we want to go see the Mohawk Nation. And from, you know, it wasn't the Mohawk Nation from Canada. It was the Mohawk Nation. And it was really amazing experience and uh the mohawk nation so the history is really cool but when they flew to israel they didn't have canadian passports they had uh mohawk passports and the government had to get involved in everything because they said no we're representing the mohawk nation we're not representing canada and it was a very interesting play with you know on this global stage that then they're captivating everybody right and they have the respect of everybody because of their mastery in this sport of lacrosse and it it was just such a cool experience to see and i think just hearing you know imani kind of step into this this role where people are rooting for you you know like there's just so much behind you i hope that's okay to say but that's that's really exciting Mm -hmm. on that topic i'm interested to hear if you, either of you, Naj or Imani, have faced barriers with school sport, we talked about this a little bit last time too, being Indigenous, did that affect your sport in any way growing up? Or how did it affect your sport? I don't think there was any barriers for me. You know, we my nation is fairly progressive and, you know, we, we do support our youth and I did feel, you know, I, I did receive, you know, some financial supports from them. Um, it's, you know, a lot different throughout Canada um, and other places in Canada. So I, I don't think I necessarily felt it, but I did, you know, you do have, you know, the the lower income communities out there that, you know, they might not have the best shoes or they might not have the coolest uniforms and stuff like that. But I don't think I personally felt that, you know, we have a lot of supports in, in our community and, you know, Imani was 
able to access a lot of that. And, you know, throughout the province too, there's also supports for First Nations athletes. You're touching on some of the like support from your community. Like what specifically do you think the support from your community, like what opportunities do you think it brought you guys, both of you? Uh, the ability to travel um, and, and just, you know, travel to other tournaments. And, you know, for myself, we did play in, in nationals. So there was communities that would host a tournament at the end of the season and you know people from teams from all over North America and Canada would come and play in this tournament and you know there are people that you know would have to fundraise and and do that kind of stuff but you know I was fortunate enough that you know our band has or my nation has um, the ability to assist with some of that in parts of Canada you see that you know they might not have fresh water and they live in really poverty stricken conditions and I don't think we you know in BC we really experience that as much as you know other other parts of Canada might more isolated communities you touched on travel being a big opportunity I think now that Imani's going to UW and leaving home I'm just curious, like, what skills do you think that you've learned through your travels or through your experiences playing volleyball are going to help you transition moving into a new city, going to a new place and trying to navigate your way around that whole experience? Well, these past three months have really taught me how to be independent. Like, I'm living in my own laneway house with my one of my teammates, Jenna. And we get dinners made for us, but like everything else, like lunch, laundry, cleaning, all of that pretty much doing by myself, which I guess is leaves some of my fears about going to university and doing kind of being thrown to doing that all by myself. But it's also taught me like sport, like I'm pretty confident in myself now. So I think going to university and like going into classes and like making friends and stuff, I'm not as worried about that as I think I would be a couple years ago. But yeah, I'd say those two things were probably like my biggest fears going into university. Like you're you're by yourself, like you don't really have friends right away other than my volleyball team, which I'm really thankful that they will all be there. But just those two things I have this past four months learning how to do everything by myself and also just sport being confident in myself has relieved like pretty much all of my fears about transitioning to university. Yeah, what an opportunity to be able to experience that prior to moving to another city. It's just being away from home, coming to Richmond and training. I think you're training at the Oval. Having that like micro experience to teach you more of that independence before you really set sail and head down to Seattle. I think that's a huge advantage. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. Oh, that's really cool. I'm curious if you guys would have anything to say to new Canadians that are listening to this that may be feeling maybe apprehensive about joining sport or sending their kids into sport, not really knowing what that kind of holds for them and some of the challenges that, that may be there with language and you know other gaps in maybe culture as well. What, what would you say to, to a family kind of pursuing that? When I was little, I've always thought like going in there, like everyone's there to judge me, to do whatever. But looking at whenever we get a new member on our team, my 
I think most kids first thought nowadays is to just learn everything about them and to just invite them in. So I'd say just don't be scared about going to try sports because everyone there just wants to get to know you and wants to encourage and learn everything about you. Especially nowadays as kids are, I don't know, they're kind of changing and we're more like open to like when like someone from a different country comes in, like it's just first thought is to learn everything. Like it's just so cool to see everything about them. So I'd say, yeah, don't be scared about that. I think, you know, sports, sport teams are also, they're very inclusive. If your child has a interest in, you know, whether it's sport or music or dance or, you know, some kind of extracurricular activity, whatever your child's into, get them involved. It'll create that much more comfort and that much more support for them or even for the adults too. You'll have that common denominator with someone in an instant community. Like I said, whether it might even be cooking classes or, or something, but get, get involved and don't, don't isolate yourself. It's so interesting. I, I think often about, like I've reflected a lot on playing college and university. And I remember when I was younger, it was always about well, you know, we didn't win this game or, you know, like I even have, I still have nightmares, Madge, about when we lost in the provincial uh, semifinal. <laughs> yeah, that one. It haunts me. It haunts me. Or I should say it haunted me for a long time. But as I reflect back now, I don't really remember the games that I won or lost. Like I don't remember our record. I just remember the people that I shared those experiences with. Yeah. I remembered you know, the funny stories and the trips we went on, like all those trips to Hawaii. I have so many fond memories of that. But I just, yeah, I don't I don't think about the winning or losing. It's just sport to me is so much more than that. Yeah, that, that's so interesting. It's a great point. It's true. And we, we had this podcast um, a week ago with two girls that, um, I guess, young women now that played at UFC the same years as I did. And we just had these, you know, great conversations about the same aspect but same thing like we don't necessarily remember all of that and you don't remember all the the jump shots or the sets and everything that you did and in practice you you remember those relationships and even stepping into this podcast with these two individuals it was like you know we were on a on a bus ride for for an hour and 20 (laughs) minutes again you really don't miss a beat and we have to be careful because Imani's still in the thick of it here so so the wins and losses probably do matter to Emily but (laughs) yes they do they just won't matter in 20 years but right now for you they definitely matter (laughs) yeah (laughs) it's so true it really does become about the relationships at the end of the day and and that seems to to be what sticks always right and the values and skills like it's it's been so cool to take a deep dive into your guys' life here with sport and from communication skills and the values that sport brings and the relationships and the connections that come through that, the conflict resolution skills as mother and daughter and the heightened awareness of, you know, your own emotional and physical needs and advocating for yourself. Like it's, those are some really, really cool nuggets to take from today. So do sport, you won't regret it. Yes, exactly. <laughs> it's so much more than just a sport. So we're just going to dive into a little bit of health here for a second, just thinking about, you know, Imani, as you play now, health is such an important part of 
kind of your journey through being a volleyball player. And even for you, Nadge, you know, you think about what you learned about health and keeping yourself fit when you played for Langara. I just want to know like what you guys think about or how it will help you kind of transition into your life after sport. I guess that's more geared towards Imani. Right now, I think I'm still sort of learning that whole thing of how to take care of myself to get to the place where I need to perform at. But I think I'm starting to understand it. And it's more just like less about like at my team, like we don't like count our calories or anything like that. It's more just like what foods make you feel good and make you perform well, where you feel like alert and energized. And I think it's almost more like personal, like learning about myself, like, oh, if I eat this, like I'm just tired and I can't do anything. But if I eat this, I feel great. And it's like different from person to person. So I think just moving through my my life, I guess, like just that knowledge about myself, I'm kind of getting that through my sport and knowing what I need to perform. Rest and recovery. Yeah, like when my body's not feeling well, like I know exactly what I need to do, like when I need to kind of take it easy or when I need to, I'm able to push myself more. So, mm-hmm. and Nadge, like, um, can you speak to like how you, I guess your body is today and how you think your experiences playing basketball have kind of helped you stay fit and healthy? I think it, it makes you more aware, you know, because you you look back and you're like, wow, I was I was in like tip top shape. I could you know, run and train for two hours straight. And now it's like, oh, wow, like 15 minutes and I'm gassed, you know. And so I think it creates that awareness of how you feel when you're in shape versus how you feel when you're not in in such great shape or not performing where you once were. Obviously taking into account, you know, your age and your ability and the aching bones and stuff like that. But you don't feel so great when you're not able to walk up the stairs without, you know, kind of going, Oh, wow, I'm gassed. So I think it it just creates that lifestyle of wanting and needing to feel like your body's a well-oiled machine. It doesn't have to be at, you know, the point where you were at 18, 19, 20, but you still feel good and your, your body's not aching and stuff like that. And your lungs aren't asking you just to stop. (laughs) Yeah, I think it brings that awareness of how your body feels when it's healthy and it's good. Yeah, you can be a little bit more intuitive, like, or you're more in tune with your body. You know, yeah, you know when your body's not well or when it is well. Yeah, you know, you really know that difference from being in tune with how your body is. This has been so fun getting to know you, Imani, and you know, reconnecting with you, Nadge, about our experiences at Langara. And I'm just really, really excited to see where your career takes you, Imani. I have a feeling you're going to have a very bright and long future with the national team. So I can't wait to see you play at UW and on a national level. Thank you. Oh, guys, thank you so much. You know, this was really amazing to have you uh, kind of sit with us and and dive into your lives and for sharing so freely. It was really encouraging to me and and to Carly, I bet too. And it's going to be very encouraging to everyone else who listens. So thanks so much for your time. Thank Thank you. you. Thanks so much for joining us for another episode of the pod class, School Sport for All. 
Thanks to Matthew Wood for composing and performing the theme music. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at EverActiveAB, on Facebook at EverActiveSchools, or visit our website everactive.org for more great content and resources. Until next time, the, the podcast, podcast is dismissed. dismissed.